Hello, hello, and welcome to the Beautifully Authentic Podcast. I am your host, Erin Faith. This is a podcast where we discuss breaking down the barriers to finding beauty for the body, mind, and soul, because real beauty is being your authentic self. In this podcast, we will be getting real about topics such as love, beauty, spirituality, and our true feelings on the issues of life. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Hey family, Uh, we are back with another episode. First, I want to say thank you to all that participated in the five-day challenge, the self-care for the busy woman challenge. My busy women were, you know, taking the time out 15 minutes a day to pour into themselves because you can't pour from an empty cup. So those of you that participated, I thank you for participating. It was nice to see people engaged and interacting. I do want to say that on my website, www.theoyacollective.com, there is a guide self-care for the busy woman. It has different activities that you can do within 15 and 20 minutes of your day to just focus on you. There's affirmations and there's journal prompts in there as well for you uh, to take and journal. So there's also a nice cute t-shirt that you can order as well. Uh, So today we have Owo Goa on the show. She is a heartbreak coach. We have all unfortunately probably gone through heartbreak and some of us bounce back and others do not. I am one that does not bounce back quickly from heartbreak, but Owo is a coach and she helps women be more resilient and transition from heartbreak to ecstasy. Plus, she talks about self-intimacy. So, Owo writes, my life's trajectory has been dotted with several breakups, forcing me to create lessons from personal experiences to heal my wounds and inner self. After every breakup, I questioned my worth and lovability. I even changed my identity with the hope to be accepted by others. Every breakup was a rejection and death, which triggered my fear of abandonment and intimacy. Yes, code switching was my way to seek approval and validation. So getting intimate with myself and knowing my worth was key in my healing journey. Inevitably, I have vowed to help women feel vibrant, lit up, and in love with themselves as they unlock their healing codes to shift their heartbreak pain into ecstasy and self-intimacy. This quote says it all about me. The person who risks nothing, does nothing, has nothing, is nothing. By Leo F. Buscalia. For me, it is a reminder that perils will always happen until I take my last breath. So I must strive every day to be the lead character in my own life. Yes, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. So today, let's choose joy in the midst of pain. I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did and that you'll learn how to heal after heartbreak. 
Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beautifully Authentic. I am Erin Faith, and I am here with Owo Goa. Owo, can you tell us about yourself? Oh, of course. First of all, thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Such an honor. And me, wow. Let me start. I'm a hardware coach, and I am originally from West Africa. And what I do is to help women be more resilient and transition from heartbreak to ecstasy and self-intimacy. Why? So because to me, the key to healing is having a deeper uh, relationship with yourself. Because once you know who you are, you can fully accept who you are. You can accept your past and you can release your wounds and reframe your beliefs to have the life that you want. Mm. Yeah. I like that a lot. Heartbreak to ecstasy. That, that no. sounds, it sounds like a long journey though. Like it, to get from heartbreak to ecstasy sounds like it takes years, but I'm sure it doesn't. I don't know. You could tell us, but um, heartbreak is like, I swear it's something that all of us have experienced. And I know we've experienced that different levels and different degrees of heartbreak is there I don't know like you're a heartbreak coach so I'm going to ask you the the questions is there a clinical definition of heartbreak that's a good thing that's a good question so when we think like heartbreak we only think at the emotional level right and we believe that Sometimes if I'm going through a heartbreak, I would be emotionally distressed or anything like that. But what researchers have found is that you also feel it in your body. Mm. You also feel it physically and you also feel it in your brain. It's like, think of it as you're going through a withdrawal. Let's say if you are on drugs or anything like that, you're going through a withdrawal. So it will be different for anyone, but it's like the intensity of, I will say the, I will paraphrase it, is the intensity of the definition you gave to that relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And then when it doesn't work, if you were deep into it, then you will ache at, an, at that same intensity level. But if you came in and you said, like, I just want to have fun, or I don't know where is this going to lead me, you know, really, you know, really into it. So it's easier for you to disconnect when you yes. separate. So to me, I would say, and it's paraphrasing. So the definition of heartbreak is when you have a loss or when you have an end of a relationship between two lovers but it's not only lovers it could be like relationships period that it be with friends that it be with family members or even intimate relationships so in your in your work dealing with women that experience heartbreak the physical manifestations of heartbreak. So I know there's times where people don't want to get out of bed. They, you know, feel, I guess, fatigue and kind of weak. What are some other physical representations of heartbreak? 
The first one will be aching your heart, basically a heartbreak. You have aching your heart where you feel like you're having a heart attack or mm. you're having a panic attack, whatever that could be. I think they even call it, I think it's a heartbreak syndrome. I need to confirm. I think it's something like that is a syndrome. There is a term for it. And mm-hmm. uh, you could also lose your appetite, right? Okay. That would be physical. Or you can even have like pain on different parts of your body. And think of it as it could be physical and spiritual or uh, mental, whatever it could be. Because let's say if you have energy that is boiling into your body, and let's say you have felt it by your heart, it could be your heart chakra, or it could be that that boiling energy is stuck physically in that part of that body. So you need to release it. So that is also one physical manifestation where you transcend from the spiritual to the physical. Okay. Wow. And you mentioned the heart chakra. I love the chakras. So I know (laughs) when that heart chakra gets out of, out of alignment, it's, you know, it causes some things um, to happen. And you had said something about um, what that relationship meant to that person. So if they were all in and something happened, they experienced that heartbreak, but if they're not all in, they won't experience the heartbreak because they haven't um, defined that relationship with, you know, a deep, you know, definition or the relationship doesn't have much of a meaning. Now for me, when I experienced heartbreak as a form of, and I told myself it was uh, as a form of healing or maybe I just caused myself to do this to avoid heartbreak, but I would go into relationships and then be, have, just have no connection. Like I was there, uh, I was present sort of like physically present, but I wasn't emotionally present and I wasn't spiritually present, and it kind of led me to be, I guess, cold, I think, you know, I was in the situation, but they, even they could tell, you know, you, it doesn't matter if I stay or go, it doesn't, like, you're, you don't care, and I'm like, I don't, but (laughs) I think that was a form of, of trying to protect myself Mm -hmm. from heartache, so First, how does one protect themselves in a situation you, you're all in, right, in this relationship? Is there a way to protect yourself from heartbreak or you just got to risk it all? Fortunately, <laughs> there is no way because let me say it this way. If you protect yourself and you guard yourself, you're robbing yourself the ability to fully experience that love, to fully connect at a deeper level right Mm -hmm. yes you don't want to get hurt but you don't know if he's gonna hurt you until you go through the motions and that's the beauty of it we never is that even with life when you try something new you never know if it's gonna work or not but you still try it because if you don't you have more regrets if you don't you will you will blame yourself for robbing yourself of a future that you long for, but you never had the guts to go after. Wow. Mm. 
So it's like, you got to risk it all or you're going to have regret. <laughs> you <not> have, <laughs> right. And let me see, there's a poem that I love. Let's say, the person who risks nothing does nothing, has nothing, is nothing. Mm. And it's Baleo Bucalia. If I say it correctly, it's Italian. But it's just a snippet. If you go for the entire poem, to me, is what I live by. It's like, yes, unconsciously, we do things to protect ourselves. But there is a beauty when you let loose. And there is a beauty when you allow people to, you allow yourself to connect. And I think what I've found for myself, and you tell me if it was the same for you, you won't allow yourself to connect with others unless you had deeply connected with yourself. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're hiding from your past. You're hiding from traumas. You're hiding from wounds. So you have walls around you trying to protect yourself. When if you really allow yourself to go in and see, okay, why do I behave this way? What happened to me? How can I shift mm-hmm. that and make it something that is beautiful for me that is transformative for me that is pivotal for me and then how can I accept all of me the good and the bad the Mm -hmm. past and the present the actions and even the failed actions when you allow yourself to go deep and to connect with yourself it's easier for you to connect with others so my philosophy is the key to your healing is deep intimacy with yourself, self-intimacy. And we're not talking sexual. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sexually is good too, but you really, really need to face the person in the mirror. You really need to know who you are so that you can allow people to get to know you. You can allow yourself to know others and have that meaningful relationship. Otherwise, you will keep you will self-sabotage basically, or you will keep attracting an available man to right. validate your story or your beliefs, right? Right. I definitely believe that. Like if you're unhealed, you attract people that are unhealed or you attract, um, I want to say low vibrational people. If you're in a low vibration, you're attracting low vibrational people. I wanted to ask you, so you said the key to healing is intimacy with yourself. And so let's say we have a woman who has just experienced the worst heartbreak of her life. What are some strategies or what is like the first few steps that she needs to take in order to to lead to like the healing journey or to the ecstasy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. It's counterintuitive. But the first few days, at least, nothing. She just have to feel her emotions, not try to make sense of it, not try to understand, and not try to blame or be the victim, not try to replay the breakup or even the relationship, what could have, what should have. Just be and feel the emotions that she is having, the feelings, and name them. Right, because we have a tendency as a society to run away 
from what we feel because if you feel a certain way as weakness or you don't have time for that you keep moving 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 but when you don't heal and when you don't accept your emotion they grow and they become a monster right they will explode eventually but when you embrace your emotions you find that it hurts but eventually they dissipate because the resistance the fighting is what makes the emotions stronger mm -hmm. okay so do nothing just be feel it i know the, i read an interview once with beyonce and they had asked her this was years ago and i can't even remember what interview mm -hmm. but they had asked her what she does when either she's upset or when she experiences heartbreak and she said i give myself the space to cry and feel sorry for myself for a few days but then after that i pick myself up and i and i go and i handle business basically so doing nothing just being and naming the feeling naming the feeling is probably really hard for some i know it, it, it's hard for me because a lot of times for me my feelings manifest in um avoidance and anger and i might be mad or i might act like i'm not upset or i act like it's not bothering me but i don't really sit with how i feel and i could be feeling embarrassed I could be feeling just sadness and um, just depression and pain, but sitting with the feeling, it hurts. <laughs> That's the point. And I will go back to it, but I wanted to mention, I love what you said about BS. And I think I made, I have that saying, let it hurt and let it go. Mm. Let it hurt and let it go. Because you want, it's like you want to have a plan so you say, okay, I'm going to give myself whatever you need, a week where I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to feel my emotion. I'm going to cry. I'm going to scream, not shower, whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. But after that week, that's it. And when you say that's it, it doesn't mean that automatically you're going to be better. It's just that you make the decision to choose you and to take actions to feel better. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Right. So you need to have that time frame. You need to feel your emotions and then you need to name your emotion. Like you said, if you get into the practice, especially if it's hard for you to feel your emotions, it's okay. You're not maybe going deeper where you need to go, but start with what emotions are evolving for you. Even anger is an emotion. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go there, you feel the anger and then have a conversation with yourself or have a conversation with your inner child, your protective self, whatever comes out for you and say, okay, I feel anger. Where is that anger coming from? Mm -hmm. Why do I feel anger? Ask yourself the right questions. You want to, yeah, the emotions and have that conversation with yourself. Why do I feel anger? Where mm -hmm. is it coming from? Okay. And what are you trying to protect me from? Mm -hmm. Or is there a deeper emotion that I am hiding from? Or why am I being avoided? Why don't I want to feel that emotion and seek that? The key is, that's why I said nothing. You don't have to do anything. You just sit there 
and the right emotions or the right conversation will come to you. You can get it started. If nothing comes, do you cry and whatever. And then when you feel comfortable, you will do it again. And trust that the answer that you get is the right answer for you at that time. That's what you need to release. And that's what you need to heal, right? Mm -hmm. The journey is different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And if you're not able to get to an emotion, pay attention to your body because the emotions are also trapped in your body, right? right? Mm -hmm. Is it like, do you feel tightness? where do you feel the tightness mm -hmm. and if you do chakra there is a correspondence into it or even if you're not into it, where do you feel the tightness or what do you feel in your body and do you feel called to give attention to your body and sometimes you need to hug yourself mm -hmm. that is also part of your healing is also listening to your emotions because your body and all that are part of the ecosystem yeah, the body definitely <clears throat> holds things. I know that when, I, when I'm upset or when I'm stressed out, I grind my teeth and I don't realize that I'm doing it until like a couple of days later, I've been grinding my teeth for a couple of days and then I have a headache and just tightness in my neck and my jaw. And then I realize, oh, you know what? I am stressed. I am <laughs> upset. Yeah. So it's, there's definitely the physical manifestations. Now, you mentioned if you hold on to those feelings, they become a monster within basically. A lot of women don't date or don't get into relationships for like a really long time after heartbreak, years and years. I know people who got married and divorced. The divorce was not their idea. Huge heartbreak and they remained single for decades, right? And I don't know personally if they've held on to the heartbreak and are just scared to date or be in a relationship again. But I know some that, you know, they just don't want to experience it. So for women who want to heal that those emotions that have been inside for years, do they do the go through the same process and just sit? They make the conscious effort to sit with the emotion and, and um, just be, or is there a different process for those who have been in the heartbreak stage for years? I'm going to share a story. And again, it could be different for everyone, depending on the scenario. But let's say we take my scenario as the example and as the norm, right? I know no longer ago I was dating, we're going to name him Miami, right? <laughs> I was dating Miami and to me, he was the one I was like, I never let my guard down with anyone because I'm like, oh, I didn't feel that I wanted, but when I'm like, oh, he got, he had potential mm -hmm. and I really, really got into it. And then out of nowhere, he ended the relationship. I'm oh. like, I was devastated because I did not see it coming or I pretended I did not say coming, but mind you that even though I know all of the things that I should do, it still took me two years mm. to move on. And what I realized to me was that I was holding on to something 
I was like, this is the best sex of my life. I'm never <laughs> going to have it, anything like that. So you hold into something, you're hoping that if I'm able to show him that um, how great we were, that you will get it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. You need to go deep and see what are you holding on to? Mm-hmm. Is it the sex? Is it that you're afraid of being alone? Is it that you never allowed yourself to be connected to a human being, but you did with him? Once you have awareness of that and you set the intention to let go, you're not going to let go immediately, but you set the intention to let go. And that is a decision that you have to make daily, even hourly, right? And then you really take some time and see what are you truly feeling? Mm-hmm. what am I feeling because I thought it was love but it wasn't love it was lust so what are you really feeling then once you start and you see you bring it to the conscious level mm-hmm. and then you're able to take actions to detach from that relationship and it goes back to the meaning that you gave to that relationship heartbreak to ecstasy before I ask about how, like, how we know we've gotten to the ecstasy phase or how we know that we healed, I do want to ask you about soul ties. I know that a lot of people say, oh, it was a soul tie. I have a soul tie. Be careful who you get with because they're soul ties um, and they're hard to get out of. I've seen different uh I've heard different things lately that soul ties don't exist soul ties do exist uh or we we give them a great like greater power I guess we say it's a soul tie because we can't get over something or we just keep finding ourselves going back to that person what do you think about soul ties because sometimes that plays into the whole heartbreak narrative what I would say is what I believe personally is that we get connected spiritually, especially if you have intercourse with that person. Mm-hmm. It's not, to me, I wouldn't say that it is a soul tie. It could be, depending on how you want to call it. But every time you are intimate with someone, you connect spiritually where you bond together. Mm-hmm. So when you break up, it doesn't mean that the bond ended. It doesn't mean that the bond was broken. So you need to do the work to also end that bondage spiritually. How do you, how do you end the, that spiritual bondage? <laughs> There's different things depending on your spirituality what you believe right let's say if you're religious then we'll do prayers Mm -hmm. if you're not religious and you're spiritual you don't believe in my god or let's say then what you can do and i'm not sure a lot of people tried it or depending on people feel some type of way but you also need because we do the work is that i need to meditate i need to let go but we don't cleanse our reproductive organs. And I don't mean it physically. When you do the, you need to clear spiritually as well, Mm -hmm. right? 
your uh, vagina or your whatever that is mm -hmm. you also need to clear to break the ties the spiritual ties because you were intimate and think of it when you're intimate you link together so you link with spiritually and you link with anything that was attached to that man mm, and right. you don't clear it you go to another man you add to it so it's like you have a pot and you keep adding sand onto it and you are wondering what your flower is not picking when you add sand from different places mm -hmm. they don't mingle together mm -hmm. so you really need to clear you need to like to cut it there is like um rituals or prayers or um how would i say actions that you need to do to mm -hmm. clear it. and it's something that when we do say a heartbreak or recovery we bypass that part of it we mm -hmm. don't really clear the ties that we have with right. partners we don't clear our womb we don't clear our like um temple mm -hmm. you need to detach from that man yeah i the detachment is is there are definitely uh rituals and things that one can do and i feel like even if depending on the spiritual path that a person is on um i know that um, people in Christianity, you know, they say pray and things like that, which is fine. But even if you're a Christian, even if you're in the spiritual world or anything, herbs <laughs> help. And so, for example, I got into the habit of doing like the yoni cleanse, the yoni steams. Oh my gosh. I, that is part, I think everybody should try it. I definitely feel it, there's a spiritual component to it where the herbs definitely cleanse your womb from different things. And I know like people in the spiritual world, I don't know if you've heard of it, but the cutting cords, like a cord cutting ritual that definitely helps no, no matter what walk you're on. Um, yeah. So yes, that cleansing of the body of the spiritual remnants that these men leave in us <laughs> is so important so now let's talk about the ecstasy part of the heart <laughs> but let's go back before you go okay. because you also want to it's a good point that you mentioned you want to do it physically and you want to do it spiritually right mm -hmm. so if you do the herbs you do it or there's also the yoni how do they call it i'm new to it and i can never remember the, the egg Is it? yeah the egg the yoni mm -hmm. egg you can do that in addition to the uh, cord cutting, in addition to the clearing of your womb. Mm -hmm. And then the clearing, again, there's different rituals, but one way you could do is you can you could imagine doing meditation a flower into your womb. And then let's say if it's a white flower, and as you clear, the white flower becomes black you need to do all of those together because again the spiritual transcends to the physical and the physical transcends to the spiritual mm -hmm. so when you're clearing you need to go through all of those steps and it's not only just your uni right you need to clear your environment you yeah. need to clear your chakras you need to clear your body you need to clear 
mentally. That's the whole thing. And what I like to say is that when you do the hard work, is the mind, um, is mind, body, soul, and heart. Mm-hmm. It's all together. Yes. And those of you who are into chakras and know that when you need to clean out some things, that sacral chakra is <laughs> the, the shock and the heart chakra, but the sacral chakra is um, extremely important. All of them are important, but the sacral and the heart, like with heartache and like sexual things that those chakras need to be in alignment. <laughs> you need to be grounded first. Oh, yeah. So it starts with being grounded in your root. Yeah. 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 Um, I love ecstasy. this. Oh, yes, ecstasy. You. Let's ecstasy. talk about ecstasy. Um, ecstasy. So ecstasy, I'm assuming is 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 the healing place right it's once someone is healed that is the ecstasy component or can somebody be healed but not be in the ecstasy (laughs) component (laughs) what does that look like so let me say something that is not said most of the time is that you're not completely healed first of all there's always something that you need to work on. Let's say if you clear A tomorrow, you need to clear B. If you clear B tomorrow, you need to clear C. There's, we are constantly evolving. There's always something that we need to work on. And people need to stop say, saying that I will get into a relationship when I'm completely healed because you might never get to that relationship. I will get to this point when I'm completely healed. Mm-hmm. It's being on the journey that is the key but for you to be on the journey and for you to even embrace and enjoy that journey you need to deeply be connected with who you are you need to go back to your essence you need to have self-intimacy right self-intimacy again is knowing yourself spiritually emotionally physically and mentally whatever that is level that you have to is accepting your past, is accepting your decisions, is coming to light with your past, is coming to light with your wounds, is being able to spend time by yourself. That's where you get the ecstasy because sometimes people get into the wrong relationships because they are afraid to face the mirror, they are afraid to be lonely or Mm. is a financial sound decision, or society said after a certain age, you need to be married with kids, Mm. or everyone is married. What if I don't even want to get married, but I'm just going to follow the trend? So you're not connected with who you are. You are an imposter. You don't allow yourself to be truly who you are. And once you do so, you will be miserable. You will be unhappy. You won't be able to manifest or attract the life that you desire because you pretended to be someone that you're not or you um, live in someone else's lives. That it could be the life that your parents want you to have or whatever that might be for you. Right. But you're not allowing yourself to be who you are for you to really experience ecstasy and for you to really enjoy life and be open to the good and the bad, you need to fully accept who you are. And by doing so, you will need to know yourself intimately. So you're not completely healed. I I definitely believe that. 
So when you say that we're not completely healed, does being triggered indicate that you are not full? Well, like what you said that you're not fully healed. So, but does being triggered by something just let us know that we need to go back and just like work on things or will we always be triggered by that one thing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Is there times where we know you'll always have that trigger or are you able to heal it something that triggers you? Yes, you are. But again, it's a process. Let's say if we do like, uh, and we're just going to say like, if we do hypnotherapy, even if you do hypnotherapy to maybe uh, heal your anger or triggers of the soul, after one session, you're not necessarily going to be healed and you might still be triggered. Right, but when you are that healing journey, you because sometimes where if you're not on that healing journey, you don't know when you're being triggered because mm-hmm. you don't even know that you have that ailment or you don't even know what are your triggers. You just are reactive, right? But when you're on that healing journey, you have self-awareness. So once you are triggered, then there is a choice that you need to make. Okay. I need to break, I'm being triggered. You need to have a plan set mm-hmm. before the trigger. Otherwise, you will default into your old habits or your old behaviors. So let's say if um, I get triggered by a newly a new date, if I send him a message and he doesn't reply back to me, It triggers me because I have fear of abandonment, Mm -hmm. right? So you're like, okay, in the past, when it happened to me, it was not necessarily rooted or it was rooted and they abandoned me really. So I fear that in this scenario, maybe he's having a bad, he had an accident, maybe he's in ICU, maybe something happened. Mm -hmm. So when I send that message and I see after, five hours there's no reply and you see that he's been online and he's not replying (laughs) what do you do now (laughs) right what do you do now do you go into crazy or you start or do you sit down and you say okay why am I being triggered what Mm -hmm. happened that's the difference when you're on that healing journey you go back am I being triggered what happened okay he did that and that. So when it does, you allow space for him to get back to you. It could be in a week or so. Mm-hmm. Even he does. When he does, you want to say, yesterday, I did not hear from you. It made me feel this way and this way. So next time, have let's have a better communication. Because when you do this way, I feel such and such and such. So right. you want to have a plan, especially if you are all together. Let's say your plan is to stop and to voice your emotions. Or your plan is to have a time out so you can process your emotions. The, the, the defining how would I say the difference between being healed? I mean, being on that healing journey or not even being aware of that trigger is self-awareness and mm-hmm. what do you do next and how you react. 
Was that helpful? <laughs> yes, that was very helpful. So like the reaction is such a key component because I remember dating somebody and, you know, I send them a message, but like you said, I see that you're online, <laughs> you're posting stuff, but you're not getting back to me. Oh, it's time to break windows. It's time to key the car, but no, I've never keyed a car, but you just have that feeling of rage within you when they don't get back to you, but reacting and growth is, you know, like you said, hey, you didn't get back to me. Let's improve this communication. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. So yeah. the woman has experienced heartbreak. She sat with her feelings. Uh, she named her feelings. She began to be one with herself, got to know herself, knows what she wants, knows who she is got to the state of ecstasy, entered into another relationship and experiences heartbreak again. Does she go back to step one? Or because she's done all that before, is it easier to bounce back from heartbreak since you've, I guess, recovered from it before? How does <laughs> that's a good question? But let's go back to the trigger because sometimes we say, okay, I've been triggered, I've done the work, and I get into the relationship, I won't get triggered again. Mm -hmm. You could get triggered about the same thing again, or mm -hmm. even by something different. But what I will say is even on that healing journey, all the work that we do, the best way to know your progress or the best way to heal what needs to be healed is in a relationship container. Because in a relationship, you are triggered. Mm -hmm. By yourself, everything will be perfect. And you say, oh, I'm here, I'm all done, everything is pink. But once you get into that next relationship, you realize that you have new triggers or the old triggers are back. So the best container for your healing journey doing the internal work is while you are in a relationship, it's just that you need to be proactive instead of being reactive. You need to have to, you need to set systems and habits in place so that you know what to do when you are triggered. You know what is your next step. You know how to communicate with your partner you need to create a safe space where you are heard you are seen and mm -hmm. you are loved right mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. sometimes that's a component that we miss because we say oh men are not vulnerable men are vulnerable in the extent that you allow them to be vulnerable that you are vulnerable yourself wow okay that's right? good say that again <laughs> that's good <laughs> Men are vulnerable in the extent that you allow them to be vulnerable because you are vulnerable yourself. Mm. Wow. We have to also be vulnerable in order yes. for them to be vulnerable. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Creating that safe space. But going back to the scenario, again, it goes back to the meaning that you get to that relationship, mm -hmm. right? You can have one relationship, have a heartbreak, and then you were not really invested. So it hurts, but not too much. Right. And then you do your time. And then you go to the next one, still not there. And then the fifth one, you really give your whole, you give your heart, you give your soul, you give your body. And then boom, again, 
-hmm. it goes back to the definition and the meaning that you gave to that relationship to that man and how you related yourself your identity to that relationship and then you will do the process again it's not a one step all where you do think and then you never have to do it again Mm-hmm. every breakup will be different the intensity might be different the time frame might be different so the key is you the key is you mm. this is good thank you so you being a heartbreak coach what can women expect when they're working with you like what services do you provide like how do they, or how can they work with you? Yeah, there is different ways. We can do a one-on-one coaching. I will say no less than 90 days mm-hmm. where yeah. we will meet on a weekly basis, 60 minutes, and we work together. We'll have a strategy that is um, unique to your particular scenario. That is one way you could work with me. The other way is, especially if you're skeptical, you don't know me, but you want to see what I can offer. There is, I have two 90 minutes healing sessions. The first one is remember who you are. Like I say, you are the key and the key to your healing self-intimacy. So we go deep and have like a crazy way to you have to be open to try it because it's crazy and it's not really done, but mm-hmm. it allows you to get deep and to really connect with who you are, peel the layers and really see what is bothering you, what is blocking you and how can you be authentic self, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the second option is like just going through the healing process of the breakup like i have four secrets where i will guide you through for 90 days i mean 90 minutes i will take you through the four steps we'll do together so that you can start releasing and that you can accept the end of the relationship you can tell to yourself that that relationship truly ended and that you can also praise and see what lesson you can learn because every relationship even though they end there is a lesson to be learned Mm. so how you can get to the point where you can learn what is it for you and then you can really say goodbye then the last thing is um, I would do different things, like workshops and retreats. But the next thing that I'm working on is a self-dating tribe where you date yourself to healing and self-intimacy. And Ooh. it's a VIP membership. And I'm working on launching that. And I will be looking for founding members. And if you're a founding member, like you'll get juicy, juicy incentives because I am working on making the program um, what it should be. Mm-hmm. And I will need your feedback and everything. So for the first month or so, you will get a complimentary. And then afterward, if you want to stay, then we will make it. But basically what it is is, you would date yourself, mm-hmm. you go on dates. And if you've never done so, I will hold your hands virtually until you feel comfortable doing so. Mm-hmm. We will have healing circles. We will have um, master classes and Q&A. 
and you have the ability to share your emotions with other women and they'll be able to share and you also learn others and myself what has worked and what they're doing yeah I love that you have a lot of great things for these women for us for all of us that have experienced heartbreak I love it so in order for them to contact you can you give us your info of course the easiest way would be to go to my website and schedule a complimentary call with me or they can even email me I think there is my email over there and my website is ohouo.com ohouo.com or follow me on Instagram and DM me and my Instagram is at O-H-O-U-O underscore Hardwick Coach. Okay. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I loved everything you shared. And I know there's a lot of women out there that will benefit from this conversation and benefit from your services. So I'm excited that you and I connected and this is not the last time that we'll be talking to each other. We will definitely <laughs> be talking to each other again. So thank you again. And we'll share more next time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest or would like more information, email me at evefaith at theoyacollective.com.